say I'm excited about today, I think it's a special day before God. He says this, The main business of the church is to ensure the gospel finds a home within its worshipping life. There's something to think about, isn't it? We're good news people, and we've just been thinking about people in Syria and places like that. They hold good news in the midst of chaos. How can they present good news? And how can we? We're good news people. It's this gospel, rather than the church's relevancy, which determines its identity and mission. (laughs) It's the fact we hold good news that makes us church. What is this gospel? It highlights the tragic proportions, uh, I'm quoting Stackhouse, tragic proportions of the human situation and the drama of God's salvation in response. And as such, throws us not into nice sensibilities or moods of faith, but into astonishment at the enormity of what was achieved on the cross. We have churches of the nicest, kindest people who seem to have nothing apostolic or missionary, who never known the soul's despair and its breathless gratitude. That's Reflections by Stackhouse. We are bearers of good news. And for some reason, I still don't understand, God has chosen people like us to share it with the world. And that's our function. We're not here for ourselves. And that's why I'm starting like this today. It's a covenant service, but I don't want it to be a thing that's all about us. (laughs) It's about God and about what he's doing. And the fact that he's laid his life down for human beings like you and me and those we rub shoulders with. We've been transformed, I trust. We've had our lives turned upside down. We've been forgiven. We've discovered that God loves us. But we forget. And we kind of sanitize it and make it a religious thing. But it's a life thing. Isn't it? And so I read the epistles, I read the New Testament, and it shocks me, and it troubles me, and it, uh, it challenges me. Because when I read it, I think, yes, these guys really had something, and they were people of commitment and courage and passion, because it was so real in them. And I, I love that. I aspire to it. Sometimes I feel I'm better at it than others. <laughs> And I need your help, and we need each other's help, don't we? To stir each other up. To be passionate about who God is and what he's done. So Paul, for example, he gained freedom in Christ. He was not a nice man. He was a murderer. He was an Al-Qaeda type of guy. And God met him. And it turned his life upside down. And he couldn't not but go out and tell people, you can be forgiven too. (laughs) You can have a hope too. That's our good news. That's the good news in Syria and Sudan and Ukraine, isn't it? This is what Paul says in Ephesians. I'm reading from the message. This is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to this message of good news. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details... And when it came to presenting a message to people who had no background in God's ways, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. 
God saw to it that I was equipped. But you can be sure had nothing to do with my natural abilities. This is Paul, the apostle, speaking. So here I am, he says, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through Christians like yourselves, he writes, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about, even among the angels. (laughs) There's a passionate man. Hallelujah. And we can be a passionate people because it's not about us. It's about him. Bless God. Now I'm going to look at it from another way. So Mark is going to play a bit of music, Pete, so we can have the amp. And I've got an assistant who's going to help me in a minute. lovely assistant. If you don't know us, she's my wife. So it's okay to give her a hug, even in public. Good. Great. Crystal, introduce what we're doing. Well, I, I was just... Is this okay? Yeah. I was just thinking about church the other, the other day and just musing over it, really. And it's, I kind of had this picture. And um, God often speaks to me in pictures you know, Jesus spoke a lot about parables and they were things that were relevant for them at the time. And so this relevant picture to me is to do with cake. <laughs> and I just thought about the church and I thought, we seem to be at times a lot of individual ingredients. So here we are. Whoop. The individual ingredients. But how do we get to being a cake? Here's one I made earlier. (laughs) So how do we get from this to that? And this which is useful and delicious and to eat, whereas these individual things are not. And it does say in the the scriptures, doesn't it? It says in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. And surely that's what we're supposed to be about. We are the church. We, as members, are the church. And so for those outside, really, they should be able to taste of us. 
and see that the Lord is good because we are we are the church so this is going to be a bit of a visual aid obviously so to get from this to that a few things have to happen don't they and basically these things have to be mixed together they're no good on their own they have to be blended together and then when that's done they have to go in the oven and the oven speaks to me of God's heat of if you like God's fire his Holy Spirit because he's the one who can take all these things and make something which is something valuable that we have to give to people so we're going to do this um, actually in a practical way step by step we haven't rehearsed this, you bully yourself. No, we only knew they were doing these yesterday, so it's a bit unrehearsed. That's <laughs> fine. What I need is volunteers, okay? We're being all age. They're doing it upstairs, we're doing it down here. So I'm going to, I'm going to choose volunteers using things that don't necessarily apply to you. So just because we pick up pepper doesn't mean you're peppery. Okay? Do you get that? All right. Um, but if, if you're one of those volunteers that I choose, please... Join in. You'll be a willing volunteer. Is that okay? So first of all, someone, anyone here got a birthday in October? Do you mind being a volunteer then, please? Thank you. Round of applause for the lady. So the first thing that goes in as a cookery lesson in the, in the process is, is the fat, okay? Now I've got... <laughs> Listen to what I said. <laughs> now I've got butter here. I don't believe in that horrible margarine stuff that's had all these things added to it. And, and butter is much purer. Um, and um, butter is something that has been churned. It's something that's been... It's gone through a process and it's been churned and uh, this is what we get it's purer than margarine and I just want you to, to think just maybe think of yourself in one of these categories of these four different ingredients has God done something has, have you been churned by God and therefore has he brought, out, brought something purer out of it that you can offer to him so, the first job isn't that difficult. Can you just plop that in there? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. Anyone got a birthday on the 12th of the month? Uh, 13th? You see the wish is going. Marky. Oh, okay. The next volunteer. Okay, the next ingredient to go in is sugar. Isn't Marky sweet? It's all been weighed out. <laughs> so here we are. Here's the sugar. Of course, there's lots of different types of sugar. This is just caster sugar. But again, sugar has been through a refining process. And um, as we all know, sugar is sweet. <laughs> it's not bitter. Um, so ponder on that are you, a, are you a sweet kind of person 
Are you someone who brings kindness and sweet words and hope and encouragement? And can you bring that into this mix of cake that will produce something for other people? So can you pour that in? And then start mixing it. <coughs> it's softened butter to make it easier. You can tell he hasn't done this before. <laughs> <laughs> you must teach him. Come <laughs> on, a bit of elbow grease. It's getting there, it's getting there. Oh, yeah, very good, very good. Brilliant. Bit more, bit more. (laughs) He's not been well this week, so forgive him. Okay, I want three volunteers for the next bit. Um, anyone with a... Who's got middle names? Anyone, anyone got middle names? Got more than one name? Okay, anyone got a middle name beginning with uh, M? Uh, not Dave, the guy behind you. Thank you. Would you like to come up? The guy behind you. Oh, yes, please. And Claire as well. Go on, Ash. And Elaine, you have? Okay, great. Sorry, Dave, didn't want to exclude you. Great. These are all good eggs. (laughs) Okay, so the next ingredient to go in is um, eggs, our eggs. Okay, now eggs, these are rich in vitamins and minerals, and in fact, they are a meal in themselves, they can be, Um, and potentially a source of life if, if they were left to do what they were originally meant to (laughs) instead of ending up in cake (laughs) but um, yeah so for the purpose of the cake though these eggs these eggs have to be cracked so I was just thinking are you in this category of people perhaps where there's a lot of life in you you've got a lot to give but actually to be of use to God you've got to be cracked open be part of this mix. Can we crack our first one? Thank you. Just straight in there. Done that before. Excellent. You can tell he's used to this. We need someone to mix this in, Elaine. Could you do that? Please, thank you. So this isn't just for entertainment. It is actually to get a point over that we we have these gifts and, and things that God has given us, and are we willing to put them in the mix 
for him to make something which is good to taste to other people. I am going to use this mix later. Okay, thank you to you. Anyone whose mother's name begins with P? Diane, gosh, there we go then. It's a team effort. Come on, Diane, up you come. Okay, next bit, or the last This is another ingredient that's been refined. And uh, it may look plain and unappealing, but actually it's utterly important to a cake and to things like bread. Um, and it kind of holds everything together. So do you think of yourself perhaps as someone who's a bit plain and not got a lot to offer, but actually is totally important to the body of Christ? Um, so, yeah, this is something um, which is sort of stable and a great enabler. So can you pour that in and mix it in with the cake, please? Mixture. Yeah, we'll So again, just think, if you feel a bit plain, dull, Got nothing. Maybe you think you've got not much to not got much to offer. That's not true. Every part, every one of these ingredients is important to this, and therefore the body. So now all those ingredients that were separate are all combined into one. They're one mix. We're getting towards this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Diane. So, obviously the next step after this, which we can't do right now, is for this to go into the oven. Um, and to me, this, this symbolizes offering up this to God and for him to come with his fire, with his heat, and to make something of it which we can't do by ourselves, but which then produces something which is good to taste, which we can share with other people. So are we willing, are we willing to bring our bits and to have them, our gifts and have them mixed together as a body, and then to ask God to come and anoint that, that he can do something with it, so that we can be bred for this world that so badly needs him.
hope that's helpful. <laughs> no longer separate ingredients, but molded together, mixed together by the grace of God, by forgiveness, by love, by mutual care, and then anointed by fire to become something that God can say, now look at those people. Look at them. They've been transformed. Taste and see the Lord is good. Um, I'm amazed how precious the church is to God. I, I don't understand, actually. But there is a verse in Ephesians that says, A man shall leave his father or mother and be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's incredible. When I married Chris, and when she married me, it was mutual agreement, I have to say. (laughs) Still is. Um, We became one. It's amazing. As a result of that, we've got children. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. But in that process, there were things from my past that I had to get straight with her and she with me. (laughs) And there were things that we did by habit, because of upbringing or just habit, that we had to change. Don't leave the toothpaste tube open or the toilet lid up or, you know, those kind of things. But ordinary things that actually, that's part of being blended together, isn't it? Very practical things, very ordinary things. And church is full of very practical and very ordinary things. (laughs) You have to change when you get married. You cannot retain your independence. But as a result of that, something marvellous happens, just like the cake. Okay, great little story. But do you know that's what God did? He left his father so that he could be one with you and me by this wonderful body called a church that he shares his life with us and he asks us to share his life with him. Blows your mind. God wants to share all that he is with you like a husband would with a wife. And his call is saying, come on then, receive my love and share all you have with me because together we can be fruitful. It's amazing. And so we read in Acts, the start of the church, that something happened, didn't it, on Pentecost. The fire fell and they were transformed. And we read things like this. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayer and worship and miraculous signs and awe and togetherness and sharing their stuff and looking out for each other. No one was in need. That's the church. Please, God. May we be like that. And some of you know precise history that we, we were part of a body of believers just like that when we first came to know Christ. And we shared everything. 
Money, needs, cars, houses. I'm not saying I want to duplicate that model, but it was wonderful. And it was costly. Very costly for everybody. But it was wonderful because God achieved great things. And people saw it and thought, wow, what's going on there? And they came. And the preaching wasn't easy to listen to and the way we did things wasn't easy. Women had to wear headscarves and all these kind of things. What's all that about? But people came because God was there. So we're never going to be perfect. (laughs) But if God dwells with us, amazing. So this thing, this covenant we're doing, is it a call to do more? (laughs) Not necessarily. But what does it mean then? (laughs) What's the practical? What's the getting in the bowl? Here's a few suggestions. It's being honest and vulnerable with each other. That's what family's like, or it should be. Calling each other to account before God. How are you getting on? You're looking a bit worn out. Are you reading the scripture? How's your prayer life? We're not just asking questions either, just doing it. One of the wonderful things I enjoy here as part of this church is our fortnightly prayer breakfast that we have. There's a few of us just get together. And it's precious because we know that even if we're feeling grot, we can say so. (laughs) And someone has something to share that just lifts you up. You say, oh, thank God for brothers and sisters. (laughs) That's the church, isn't it? It is time together, and I'm going to put that in terms of eating together, (laughs) hospitality, having a beer, giving time to each other. I don't think you can get round it. You just need to do it. And it doesn't mean we've got to do the best meal and get the best wine and the pork has got to be just so and all that stuff. It's just, hey, come on, we're going for a walk. Do you want to come with us? Or come around for a sandwich or why don't we have a coffee or let's have a beer. It's part of church. Because otherwise we never get to know each other. It's practical. It's real. And it's costly. And it's letting, it's giving each other permission to challenge each other with scripture and the good news. So we never lose sight of what we're about. There's so much out there, isn't there, which I find I can't understand. (laughs) I don't get it all. But when you get together and you grapple with scripture and you talk about it and you say, well, but this is what scripture says, so how do we match up? That is precious. And we need to do it more, I believe. That's church. One of the things I've been praying, particularly in the last few weeks, is show me what attitudes I still hold on to, perhaps unawares, that stop me from being part of your purposes. Because I think, if we're honest, we all have things from our past that hold us back from saying yes to God, or yes to what he's doing, or yes to each other. We've been hurt in the past, or we've been brought up in this way, or... My experience was that. Well, I'm sorry. Doesn't the gospel say that God deals with that? (laughs) And forgives us our past as we forgive others? (coughs) So this becomes very real. Yeah, I've got baggage. Well, take it to God. Be honest about it. Just like when I got married, I had baggage. I had to take it to my wife. 
and we had to deal with it. She didn't have as much as me. <laughs> but it's just being real, isn't it? And that's what church is about, isn't it? I love it when we're just honest. I don't find it easy, but isn't it good? <laughs> because in order to make a cake, you've got to break the egg, haven't you? And we've got to lose this idea that I'm only flour, I don't count, I haven't got anything to offer. You have. <laughs> You're vital. Without flour, that cake would just be, well, it'd be a gooey mess, wouldn't it? I remember uh, we've got a bread maker at home. I left the yeast out once. And it went through its five-hour cycle. And when you opened it, it was just awful. This kind of goo, hot, semi-crunchy goo at the bottom. Yeast is such a small thing. But it's so necessary. And we're all necessary. So, that's what covenant is all about. Would it be great if we are a place? It will be good when we are a place. Where God is so real in our life together that our love for him grows naturally and constantly. A place where our understanding of what Jesus has done goes deeper and deeper and works its way into our character and conduct. A place where our mistakes and struggles don't have to be hidden away but can be accepted, forgiven, and where we can be restored. A place where our gifts are an integral and unique part of our life together. A place where prayer is a natural response to every circumstance of our lives. A place where we are all affirmed, challenged, loved, forgiven, known, transformed, stretched to our potential. Do you want that? <laughs> God wants it. I've said this before, and it's on my mind a lot, which is why I've been praying that prayer. What are the things that I'm still holding on to that I need to let go of? It's this. Relentlessly pursue the unresolved issues in your life. Issues that affect your motivation and integrity. Relentlessly pursue. What is it that's stopping you really knowing God as he wants to be known? Deal with it. <laughs> I don't say that as rebuke. I say it as encouragement. What is it that holds you back from saying, God has so blessed me, and I know I need to be part of the body of Christ, but I'm holding back. I'm not saying it has to be here. But where is it? <laughs> and why are you holding back? Deal with it, please. So you can be fruitful. Because that will give God pleasure. Relentlessly pursue it. Which is probably why so much of the New Testament is about how we treat, with one another, how we treat each other. <laughs> Bear with one another. Forgive the grievances you have. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience, and be thankful. <laughs> That's church. And it's wonderful. She's wonderful. Because Jesus thinks so. Hallelujah. So in making our covenant, 
That's the vision I've got in my mind. (laughs) Yes, I'll do that. And that might be costly. But it'll be releasing. So we won't be prisoners of ourselves, but prisoners of the gospel. (laughs) Prisoners of God. Where we want to set people free. Because of who we are together. Would someone like to go and get Hillary and all sorts? And I'll read a scripture. Is that all right? Do you mind? Oh, okay. Fiona's going. Great. Actually, I think I'll just sit down. Let you think about it for a minute. Okay. <laughs>